Welcome to The Daily Elevated. Today we have with me Liddy Moringino. I'm sorry? Liddy Moringino. Moringino? Wait, hold on. Oh, excuse me. What, is, what am I, an Italian pizza? It's hey. Marinigo. Yeah, the pizza. <laughs> the pizza. Marinigo. Marinigo. Okay, I've known you for a long time and I, I've always thought it was Moringino. This whole time I'm a pizza, guys. Oh, the I'm, whole time. As long as there's vegetables. <laughs> so Liddy is a... She's a private personal trainer for the Waldorf Astoria in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's also a comedian, if you couldn't tell. And she is an actress who does uh, film as well as uh, theater, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to have you on because I have so Thank many you. questions. Okay, let's get started. Uh, the first question was, how do you say your name? But I think we kind of got that one down, right? Yeah, so like a lot of people pronounce it Morigo, which no. Or Morangino, like the pizza. If that was a pizza, if I was a pizza. Um... But clearly not a flat pizza because I have boutte, but it's Liddy Marinigo. So yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Liddy Marinigo and Fabian Lux. I mean, if they're watching this, I think they follow me already, or at least they should. They should. Actually, that's that's a very true statement. Actually, am I following you? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Liddy, I, I almost made it to one of your uh, performances in the theater, but... I got the dates wrong, and I, I I apologize. I really wanted to go. I'm a big I'm a big fan of theater. Um, uh, anywhere I go, uh, I try to go to at least one either performance, it, whether it's like uh, classical music or theater. It's it's interesting seeing how people all over the world perform the same thing. Really incredible, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but how did you get into acting? Because I know a lot of people watching this maybe want to come to Hollywood or are in Hollywood for acting, just got here or, or in a small town looking to come here. But uh, what got you into acting, like Netflix and all that? Um, well, it's actually very interesting. Um, I was um, baptized Catholic, but then I was a Unitarian Universalist. And at the Unitarian Universalist Church in upstate New York, there is theater So um, every spring and every Christmas, we had a theater production. So I started acting at age four. And my first role was James in upstate New York. It was theater. And um, I was a shark in James and the Giant Peach. And trust me, the moment I had a fin on my head, I felt like the world was different. You became I was the shark. And little did I know I extrapolated my future to be a shark in life. But even though I was wearing all black and nobody saw me, just the fin, (laughs) I was so excited. So it really started um, in upstate New York at age four. And then I kept doing live theater. And my heart is in live theater because everything is organic and real and... Um, you can't repeat the same thing as you ca- as you um, did the night before if you have a three series showcase. You know, you know. To add on to that, one thing I love about theater is the fact that you cannot use filters, you can't use double takes, you can't use anything. It is you acting, and I think even especially now and and the times we live in now with everything being fake, theater acting is one of the last true things that your talent can come through and really say like. I'm actually good because exactly. you're seeing me with your eyes. Mm-hmm. In- incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people don't uh, acknowledge that or or they don't appreciate that enough. I, I, and I completely agree, Fabian. And the thing is, when you do theater, even, even if you have children at home or a sibling or someone that you can see the talent in them, make them do theater. Like, it really helps you later in life with how you feel standing your truth meeting new people different ethnicities different cultures you're more open to it because if you mess up on stage and you face plant 
and the director wants you to do it again the next night, you can't do it. You know what I mean? Mm. And it, and it's embarrassing, but it's fun and it throws yourself out there. And like the movies that I have done in Netflix, we do like take, 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 which is fine. I'm not complaining. Trust me. But it's very different than the organic, raw Shakespeare have you or um, well and even at a deeper level i think now that people are on social media and behind a computer screen so much the only time you put yourself out there is when you write a comment and you can even delete that in case you get bad bad reviews or you know negative feedback but when you're doing theater you're putting yourself out there you're 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 putting yourself in a vulnerable position for others can see and through that fire and brimstone or whatever it is you're molding yourself to be a stronger person i think that's insanely important Yes. And I, I completely agree also. And even now, like doing Instagram and TikTok and reels, it's so good for, I think, every age to just only, I mean, have the screen that you're looking at and you can inspire the world, but to also maybe throw yourself into random um, class, like where you speak poetry you know, have you, or you're in life theater and just to get the reaction from people in general, as opposed to when you're filming at home or in the grocery store or whatever for TikTok or whatnot, seeing someone's reaction is really important because that's what the world is. Cause then when you jump out into the world and you're being funny or um, doing what you do on TikTok or Instagram without the reaction, you're not thrown off yourself. You yeah. actually feel the energy and you see the people laughing, you know, you feel them being like, what was that? Or, oh, that's deep. Or, you know, the reaction's real. It's raw. It's real. So that's why I like theater. So you got into theater pretty young on, pretty early on. But for someone who is either middle-aged or adolescent or, you know, whatever age it is, doesn't matter. If they've never done theater and they want to get into it, what would be their first step? Oh my gosh. There's so many steps, especially here in LA. You can even, what really, if you Google classes, acting classes, I was just in the Sherwood um, production. It's live theater. And it was at the complex studio here in LA. And there were people of all ages. Like I did scenes with people in their sixties, fifties, forties, teen, um, not teen. Well, like twenties, early twenties. And it was a director showcase and someone it was their first day acting ever and we had a huge showcase at the end it was nine weeks of constructive criticism through different actors who work in big films Lionsgate Netflix all this stuff and they just give us feedback and it's live theater it's right there and you have the one-on-one instead of on the computer and I would say looking up showcases signing up for classes is where you begin even if it's on Craigslist but it's a legitimate place you know I would say bounce around with different people that you know have the right mindset as you in terms of acting they want to be an actor because some people the industry is really hard and some people will be like oh my gosh another actor well you know what movies aren't movies without the extra movies aren't movies without the producer or who the lights you know the lead the you know producers guild award side you know there's so much to put in for one production whether if you want to act or you want to be on the production side i say throw yourself in classes however you can learn about the industry you know i i'm not one who in the past i haven't really when i was young i appreciated a lot of movies i watched a lot of movies right and as i got older i love logic and science and knowledge so i studied more of that right and and, and i kind of discounted movies and entertainment and movie stars and music um, and then lately I've been thinking deeply about how important 
entertainment is because we are creating a universe that doesn't exist through the mind of a few people and the actors are the vessels to act it out. And then we are taking this six month movie with that cost hundreds of millions of dollars potentially. And we're combining that into one hour, condensing into one hour. So you're creating alternate universes when you're making movies. And then people are able to put themselves in those positions through using their eyes and their ears, which is incredible because you're using your senses to transport yourself to a place that doesn't exist and put yourself in a body or in a position that doesn't exist in your life or may at some capacity. I mean, it's really incredible when you think about the foundation of what movies are. Yeah, and what it takes like behind the scenes to put a production together. Absolutely. It's like, a big process. There's so much that goes into it. Like even from uh, hair and makeup to costume design, set design, the, the all the cables. Of, I mean, shooting this podcast is already enough for one person, but I can only imagine like shooting a, an entire movie. You have to, not only that, but the, the logistics of getting everyone there, there on time, making sure they're there. The insurance needed, renting out the the, the locations, the feeding everyone. I, it is incredible. I, it's so much. It's a lot of work and finding people that are reliable, communicative, on time in order to make the film, to have it very well done. It's a lot of work, yeah. It really is. I, and that's something that I've lately, because like I said, I'm a more of a theater and a symphony kind of guy where I love live performances. So, you know, the Michael Bay movies, yeah, but, you know. Well, I, really I guess we're going to have to transform you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, that's the comedian side coming out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but just to kind of switch gears, uh, I know you're, a, you're you were adopted, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're from Paraguay initially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you found your birth mother. I did. Not too long ago, right? Uh, well, I, or, well, yeah, it was a while ago. Well. Not a while ago, but <laughs> um, uh, I mean, how was that? How did it all happen? Because that that's really interesting. So I was adopted at four months old into the United States, into a beautiful family from upstate New York, mm. and um, there, you know, I look nothing like my family. I am not actually brunette, but I'm blonde for a movie role right now. But I, I knew I was adopted my entire life. Like they, I didn't find out randomly I'm adopted. Um, I knew I was adopted from Paraguay and I had always wanted to meet my birth mom. Mm. And so when I was, by the way, this, this sounds like a perfect script to a movie, like a perfect, uh, situation for a movie. I know. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Maybe I'm, um, alluding to something in the future. Oh, stay tuned. I'm kidding. (laughs) But yes, at age 14, I did find my birth mom in South America um, it wow. actually felt like I was looking in the mirror. Um, it was probably the most moving experience of my life. And it motivated me to get into acting more seriously, take it more seriously, and pursue it so that I can give back to the world. And not only just give back to my family in Paraguay, because I do send them money often, um, but to give back to the world, like modeling and acting, doing charity events. And when I meet people, different ethnicities that are in the US, it's just, it's beautiful to me because I know exactly where they stand. Um, I'm an alien to the United States, but I am a US citizen and I feel very honored that I was adopted. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an incredible story. Uh, I I, I listen to a lot of psychologists and one of my favorite, I speak about him often is Jonathan Haidt, Mm -hmm. incredible psychologist. And 
He says, you know, in this kind of postmodern world that we're living in right now, uh, it's changing. But, you know, postmodernists have a big hold on on culture and the education system right now. Anyway, he says that, you know, everyone's talking about that there are no there are no differences between people. Like There are no races. I don't see color or differences. He's like, but if you look at it psychologically and from a like from a level of, of, of a deep foundation, that's the most important thing. That's why we have succeeded as humans, because we're different. Not everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And then some traits, you know, that aren't good, they kind of don't work out. And the people that have different traits become stronger and smarter and bigger and better. Oh, yeah. So I, I think celebrating the differences between us is 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 is, is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You're just saying there are no differences. Well, you're just stupid if you think that. Like, clearly there are. You're yeah. just living in this, you know, ulterior universe that you made. Not Michael Bay, but just the individual person. Right. <laughs> right. So, no. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, even on that note, I mean... How do you make God laugh? You gotta tell him your plans. That's very true. <laughs> you know, I, I just watched The Black Phone two nights ago mm-hmm. with e- uh, Ethan Hawke. Wait, the black, that, isn't that new? He's brand new. In theaters. In theaters, yeah. And the actress, the the, the girl, she's really good. And, and she talks to God. And she's confused. And I mean, obviously it's a script, but she, she goes, God, I know I'm not supposed to ask. And she goes, I know I can ask you for stuff, but you already have your decision made. But I'm just going to ask you anyway, because I don't because uh, I don't really understand how that works. <laughs> so it was like a <laughs> right, child right, right, right. kind of trying Feeling to figure out. out where to. Uh, I mean, for me in life, I'd rather ask for an apology than permission. I do like to push my boundaries, but that's also I've pushed my boundaries. And that's why I am where I am today. Yeah. And uh, so up in New York, is that by the Buffalo area? That, where you're so from? that's interesting that you said that, Fabian, because upstate New York, most people think that um, I'm actually six hours northeast. So about 45 minutes from Montreal. OK. In Plattsburgh, New York. OK. Lake Champlain. You know, I, I, I drove from Toronto down to uh, down to Ohio mm-hmm. and I went through Buffalo and I've never been through upstate New York before. And I've never seen a place that has been so affected by urbanization than I have in in Buffalo. I mean, I saw buildings like grain silos and all these, you can tell like early, like not early American, but like industrial age buildings that were just destitute whole areas just where there's nothing like the stuff you see in scary movies where it's just crumbling and there's nothing there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this city's really been hit hard by the urbanization and, right. the, you know, and, and technology. It's incredible. And so, I mean, I feel like technology is taking over a lot of this world, um, which is like, it can be a good thing, but I also think that children should be outside more. Um, yeah, there's a, to go back to Jonathan Haidt, sorry, not to mention him again, but uh, he talks about- I should meet him. I need more height. <laughs> yeah. He, he, you know, he talks a lot about- experiencing things Mm -hmm. and he talks about how before you used to get an adrenaline uh, uh, dump or or push or or used to get used to get satisfaction from doing things like being outside playing with your friends and or figuring out how to assemble the rocks and the ray to make a castle for your army man or or you know doing something to help people and all that but now we experience that adrenaline through micro interactions on instagram and social media that we don't actually have to produce anything to get Exactly. So we're not producing anything, but we're still getting that satisfaction in micro doses. Right. So we keep going back. So we don't have to experience and do things in the real world to get that. And that's very dangerous because you don't experience anything. Exactly. And that that's, I really, 
like not to retract but go forward is that's why I also love theater because you're experiencing it all. You're experiencing the script and the studying and even like when you're on your phone, you're missing the outdoors or even when you are outdoors, it's scrolling or if you're in the elevator with somebody instead of being like, hey, where are you from? Like you don't know if you're next to another actor or producer or a fitness trainer or you know, a biochemist, you know, you're just looking at your last post, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that's discounted um, or maybe not thought about enough is that the way that we evolve is we're around each other and we and, and we figure out what works to get along with each other, right? That's how you that's how you grow as a society, as a culture. If you're behind a screen all the, the you know, the entire time, you don't know what what, what really works to, to keep humanity going forward. You don't know because you're exactly. not in front of people. Exactly. And if you are, you, none of you have developed the ability to be yourselves in front of each other. So then you're these protracted people who aren't saying what you really think because you're scared. Or you just don't have that social factor. Because you're scared of the reaction. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's like a vicious cycle that we're in. I know. So how do we break that? I mean, I think you break that by, you know, there's there's always an over an oversteering in in a direction, right? The left is kind of, you know, ruling right now, but now the right, the right is coming back and there's always this back and forth. Um to go to one of my favorite psychologists, uh Jordan Peterson, he talks about being on the back of a snake and you have to steer the snake in a in a direction for success and sometimes it goes too far to the right too far to the left but you're on the top pulling those reins and the left and the right balance each other out so you need wow. each, each you need each side because imagine if, if we went too far to, to the right we would we wouldn't work as a society right and if we and if we went too far to the left we would kill any organization that the right has and we'd be just too liberal and too creative and not actually implement any organization I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, at this point with the United States, I think she needs to maybe reconsider a president and just work on herself and then date herself. I'm kidding. Well, no, you know, that's the thing is I, I think people put too much faith into one president fixing other problems. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you think about it, he has the federal uh, federal politics and, and uh, or rather national politics really doesn't at, at a fundamental level doesn't really affect us all that much what yeah. does is local politics which has local uh laws mm-hmm. and the court system yeah that's what actually holds that, the, yeah mm-hmm. you know president biden signing a law today is not going to really affect anything for quite a while and and even that you may not even feel it specifically you know yeah so when people were like oh i hate obama well what specifically did you hate Oh, I, I paid more taxes. I'm like, well, specifically because of his. Can you explain that? Or people, oh, I hate Trump. Well, why? Like, what did he do to you? Like, what did he what directly? Specifically, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, and most of the times they'll give you some big overarching, like, oh, he was a piece of crap because he talks about, I don't know. I was like, well, but how does that, like, what did that do in your life? Did that take paychecks away from you? So anyway, it's just, it's yeah, it's just cool. interesting to kind of <laughs> take a step back and be like. I mean, we, this is what really matters. Not, yep. not what yep. Biden did yesterday or what bike you fell off or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now fitness, I know you've been in fitness for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you've worked, uh, at some, you know, big name gyms and, and now you're a private trainer for the Walt of Astoria, Beverly Hills. What the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> so essentially what, well, um, what happens is if you're, say you're flying in from another part of the world and you need a trainer at Hotel Bel Air, Waldorf Astoria, or 
um, have you any, really any hotel over there. It, go, it gets booked through the concierge service and then I would show up if you request a lady or. A, Got it. Okay. So you're like, you're, you're, you're the private fitness uh, trainer for like the VIPs and mm -hmm. th those kinds of people. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and you meet interesting people, I assume in that job Yes. that obviously you can't disclose. And I'm very, uh, yes, of it's course. confidential, but I'm very honored to be working there. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's great because I'm sure you pick up things from people that you interact with, like maybe their drive or the way they think or. Yes. Yes. And I learn a lot about the world too, because my clientele are, they, it's a vast range. Like the ages from twenties to late sixties. Tell me this because you would know an answer to this question. Uh, a good buddy of mine, he's, he's a big bodybuilder. He had, he was training a, a very, very, very like rich billionaire in, in, in Hawaii a few years ago. And he was telling me this, and I mean, I don't know if this is just specific to him or maybe to more people, but he says this guy was brilliant. I think he was worth maybe like $10 billion, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, he goes, however, his coordination, his, his coordination was crap. Like he could not coordinate his hand and foot. So he's like, I had a lot of trouble with him, but the guy was insanely intelligent. He goes, and I don't know if maybe one took, got too strong and the other one was weak. Okay, so that, I mean, we want our bodies to not only be fit, but I would say pliable. Flexibility is important. Mobility oh gosh, is very yeah. important. Yeah. So stretching is crucial, but really stretching your body and foam rolling, get, getting rid of that lactic acid around the muscle and drinking a lot of water. You know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of stretching. Uh, a few years ago, I started stretching a lot. And I mean, it, it is like nothing I've ever experienced. It just feels great. I stretch about 20 minutes before I work out. And I know some people say, oh, do it after. I like doing it before. That's just me. You know, it's not hindering I think it, anything. I think it really depends on the person's body, yeah. you know, for to, to each their own, really, because what works for one person won't work for the next. And when I realized mm, the solution to my problems was so simple was I have, I was in really bad motorcycle accidents. I'm actually getting ACL surgery in a few months that we talked about. And I had really, really bad uh, uh, back problems, lower back, and really bad ankle problems. I, I I popped an Achilles, you know, in Thailand, hiking, like just all these issues. And I went to physical therapy, and the guy goes, okay, just take your shoes off and walk towards me. And he goes, well, of course you have all these injuries, dude. He goes, you walk like a freaking dinosaur. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, stretch. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you don't stretch. That's why you have all these back problems. He goes, you understand how important your hamstrings being your flexible hamstrings. are? Yeah. And I had no idea. But that, that changed my life. I mean, maybe you can explain to people why stretching is so important. Because stretching is very important. Like the lower back problem, I mean, I don't want to say a certain thing about certain vocations, but before you go to the extreme of seeing other doctors, I highly recommend if you have lower back pain or any back pain to be stretching your hamstrings because it's all attached. Like your your hamstrings are the antagonist muscle to your quadriceps. So you definitely need to be stretching those. Yeah, it's Because it pulls down on your back and then that's what compresses the lumbar, thoracic, and cervical of parts of your spine, the cartilage will press. You need to stretch that, elongate, yeah, and I think she's got brownie points for knowing what you're talking about with, with that sentence because that, that was exactly right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another thing that I realized was like, because my back hurt so much, I didn't work out legs because it hurt. Like right. my back would be killing me. And a buddy of mine, uh, you know, I have to give him the shout out, Big Rick, bodybuilder. He goes, dude, I know it sucks, but you have to start with no weight. He's like, I know you're, because I was big up here. He goes, but 
you have to start with no weight. You just have to get the movement right. And I know you, he's like, I know you don't want to be that guy, but you have to be. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life. Now my legs are like one of the strongest parts of my body, but it's it hurt in the beginning. Oh yeah. Because he's like, dude, yeah, you don't move those those, those muscles ever. Mm-hmm. And and you well for what I like to tell my clients is if you watch a toddler bend down to pick something up, that's the best way to see your form because toddlers they just naturally have their their knees don't pass their toes and their squat is completely down Mm. and then they raise up yep that's right now yeah i think about it they have zero injuries they're very like they're very pliable they're just like because most people if they drop something they'll bend over and this way when really you should almost like just like squat down and get it Mm -hmm. interesting yep no you know that makes a lot of sense like if you see a toddler drop something they're not gonna be like i'll just lean over and get they're like okay (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense I was reading um, an article a while back about the people who live the longest in the world, and they're you know obviously like Asian uh, cultures, and they were trying to figure out like what specifically is it that they do, and one of them was that they squat a lot when they're just hanging out, and that keeps your you know that keeps your body pliable, and and it works out. You're doing squats consistently, mm-hmm. even though they don't work out the gym. This is better because they're constantly doing those movements yep. without putting a lot of stress on their bones. Yep, because in exercising, you want to work with your larger muscles first because then it gets the blood flowing and your heart rate up and you can warm up the rest of your body to reach the smaller muscles after. And now now that I'm... I and mean, it's body weight exercise is very important yes, too. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to... to yeah, that's it's, it's the foundation. Uh, and one thing that I do realize now, and I'm sure you do this, it happens to you all the time, is because I stretch a lot now, I look at people who are just moving so stiff and i'm like oh my mm. gosh if it's if they just stretch yeah or reach or even like screwing in a light bulb or the the small tasks daily life or you know god forbid something happened and you need to remove yourself out of a fire like yeah through a ceiling or like out of your car and you've never done like a press up you know body weight exercises are crucial in in any fitness regime i i personally think because for me fitness i don't like to um, tell my clients it's for the wedding, you know, it's, it's for the beach. It's for your life, dude. I yeah. say work out like your life depends on it because it really does. It really does. That, that, that's funny because there's something I tell people, people always try to look good for vacations, right? Oh my gosh, I'm going on vacation. I'm like, hold on a second. So you want to get in really good shape to go be around strangers. You're never going to see again. And you care about what they think, but you're okay not looking good around people you see every day. Not love you. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right, right, right. It's it's literally it's it's illogical. Um, and then usually they're like, "Hmm, but I want the pictures." And I'm like, "You can take pictures anywhere." Mm-hmm. You know, just get a backdrop. <laughs> yeah, just take a backdrop. Like those influencers who are renting that private jet that wasn't real. Right, oh right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's there's some deep psychological issues with you if you're renting a private jet or not. If you're renting a fuselage that's not even real. To take pictures and it's not even yours <laughs> and getting called out on it mm-hmm. yeah i mean you got to do what you got to do to try to pay the bills i guess or mm-hmm. or, or you true, know true. whatever to get clout um what i'm scared of is people and i mean this is not anything new but people look up to celebrities artists djs models you know whatever i don't believe those are the people that people should be looking up to especially if like for instance Justin Bieber, okay? Mm-hmm. I used to hate the guy. And I'm like, why the hell? Like, this kid, he's been, he was picked out of, a, a, you know, anonymity at, what, nine years old or whatever. It's not like he knows everything about life. This, so this, this was my, you know, 
my outlook. Um, I would see him at the clubs all the time when I worked in the clubs, and I'm like, oh god, there he is again. I'm like, he doesn't know anything about life. He's been told where to go, what to say, how to dress, how to act his whole life. So he hasn't ever like developed that sense of self-identity, you know? And then anyway, there was this, there there was something happened, I don't want to say it, where you know we were hanging out and it really changed my outlook on him. Like, holy crap, he's just a real person. He has problems. And he was, you know, maybe going through some of the stuff that I had thought he was going to. Um and now I think he's kind of changed into an adult now. You know, he's kind of taken himself away from that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the people who should be looked up to more are like scientists and humanitarians and people who are trying to help people. Yeah. You know, it's 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 I know that's not to say there are actors who aren't trying to do that. But mm -hmm. to say, oh, my gosh, this basketball player is the best. LeBron James, everything, you know, anything he says is 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 like the word of God to me. Like, I don't think that should that should be what's happening with our society. That, that's exactly. And I think, Fabian, you have very good points. And that's part of why I love doing what I do, because I do. Um, modeling as well and I help with Babes in Toyland which is one of the largest charity events mm -hmm. and we have a very big Christmas um, well, party but event yeah. and we give back to children and it's the one of the largest toy drives in the United States of America and everyone brings toys and yes the models run it but if you have hot models you're going to have oh, yeah. men that want to be around it and want to contribute and not only are we just modeling because we want to look pretty and like help people like feel good about themselves and teach them how to feel good about themselves but we're doing something to give back to the world and that's why i do what i do yeah and you know from from a, a fundamental perspective there's nothing wrong with guys wanting to be around hot girls there's nothing that's it's, they're gonna do it anyway <laughs> it's yeah it's a it's a biological function that men want to procreate with the best genetics it's it's yeah in our dna right, right that's right, how you right. become better yeah. So you look at models and you're like, well, their genetics are really good. So therefore I want to procreate with them. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what everyone, that's you know, what you think. Yeah. yeah. And then, and the women are like, you know, I want someone who's going to be a provider. And I mean, if wealthy men are going to be there, then, you know, they have, they have the assets to have a good long, a good long life without, you know, hardship. And I can have a child with them and then the child will be, I can spend more time with it. So if you think about it, it's, it, it all comes down to biology yep, it and, does. and procreation. Yeah. People are like, oh, true. screw that. These guys want to be a hot models because they have money. Well, duh. I mean, uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, like they have one half of the equation already. Now they need the other half. Exactly. Very and, true. But yeah, I mean, you know, one of the one of the reasons why when I was younger, I wanted to be in the um, um, well, I was in politics, but I wanted to be part of the um, can't think of the name now. Wow. Anyway, it was uh, uh, Nicole Kidman because she was like she was Angelina Jolie before Angelina Jolie was a humanitarian. Right. She was like. Always giving, giving back, always doing humanitarian trips to Africa. And I thought that was so cool. Mm -hmm. Remember yeah. in the early 2000s? Yes. Like Brad yes. Pitt got into it, her. Yes. A lot of people. A lot of people. I think in this industry, it's very important to not just have the clout when it comes, but to not even make it a big deal, but to make steps and set goals on how you're going to give back to the world because that's what that is really where the magic is. That's where your heart should be anyway, I feel. Yeah. Well, one person who I, I really appreciate their existence now more than even before is Britney Spears. Oh, I love her. Because pe people are like, oh, she's a train wreck. I look at her on Instagram without makeup. She has, she doesn't have Botox or lines. I'm like, 
Hold she's on, we, just, we, we, I have a surprise for you. We have a guest star. Hey, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she's being herself. She doesn't care. I, I love that about mm-hmm. her. She's doing these twerk dances, you know, like the low cut jeans. Some people hit on her, but like girls are seeing that and they're like, wow, that's really her. Like I, yeah. she can be famous and herself. And I think that's really important for young women, especially right now. Especially when, I mean, not only that, but being a woman in general is difficult because we're trying to figure out motives behind meeting people and especially in this industry in hollywood you never know what's real and people fabricate a lot oh my gosh um, yeah and there's you know like drugs in the industry and you have to be able to a compartmentalize where you want to go with your life while avoiding the bs have you do you feel like it's gotten easier or better for women since the Me Too movement happened? Like, do you feel like you're more maybe respected or or like guys are less creepy or? Um, I would say that there is a little change, not drastic though. I, it's still there. Yeah. It depends how big the group is, I guess. I, I think if someone's very famous or like very well or very wealthy, maybe they look at it a little differently, like they're more cautious. But if they're like in that middle range where like, oh, no one really knows who I am anyway, but I have money, then I don't know, maybe they don't really care that much about it or, or it's not going to change the way they are if they're a bad person. That That is true. I think, I think it's almost like, I feel like humans are like pit bulls. Like we, you never know how someone's going to act because they're the sweetest pit bulls in the world, but then there's the ones that are crazy at the end of the day like we're all animals and we go for what we want but people snap to it you know and it uh, obviously people act different in different situations you know like you can be the nicest person here or like right now but if something happens you can flip the switch and turn into a you know like you said a pit bull when you have to yeah you know so uh, how do you i guess one of the questions is how do you cope with society so for instance there's there's a psychological um uh theory by uh, uh, Sigmund Freud, it w- which is called the uh, the id, ego, and superego, which basically says that the id is just your primal nature. Like you need to eat, have sex, um, drink, you know, water, things to stay alive, like right. to your basic biological functions. Then you have the ego, which is uh, kind of looking at your, keeping your, your ego, sorry, keeping your id in check. So like if you're at a meeting, like right now, you're not going to just leave and go eat food because you're hungry, right? You, right. you do things because it fits into society a certain way. Like you wouldn't do stuff that's gonna make you an outcast. And then you have your super ego, which is looking over at yourself at what everything's, at what you're doing. So if your ego allows your id to to run amok, like let's say you, you've been drinking too much alcohol or you've been eating ice cream, but you feel bad about yourself, you feel bad. What is it that's feeling bad? It's your super ego shaming and using using shame on your ego for letting your id, your primal nature, run amok yeah so you it's uh-huh. like you're yourself are looking in at yourself it's it, it's a really trippy thing wow but it's almost like you're three people that's so interesting me myself and i <laughs> that's where it comes from wow me myself okay. and i because i i is a conglomeration of all three mm-hmm. right that's i you are you are you are something and then me is just like the individual whatever it is like your brain or you know yeah it's really incredible. I mean, I, I love I love studying psychology because you learn so much about people. And a, a lot of things make sense and it starts connecting like a big puzzle. 
Yeah, it it really does. I mean, I think my frontal lobe is still developing because I still tend to fuck up. <laughs> Just fine. Like right we're now. not on a. We're, we're not on. A... <laughs> but you know, you get the f bombs. It's fine. <laughs> okay. No, but but it, like you know, it is a back and forth. That's why sometimes you're doing well, and then sometimes you kind of go off the path because maybe your ego kind of relaxes too much, and then your id's like, uh oh, he's not watching. Uh-oh. All right, I can go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where'd they go? <laughs> and your goes like, hey. You yeah, know, and then you get back into shape. That's true. That's very, and true. that's life. It's just oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's incredible. Yeah, and uh, so I want to be an actor. Good, but on theater, not in, not in. Well, I mean, whatever. Okay, so let's get to it. All right. So, what's my first move? What so I first your do? first move should be look up the next showcase and actors performances in LA. Interesting. I would probably if I. Hmm. I mean, so. I don't want to be an actor in movies to be famous. I, I want to be an actor in theater because I, I think it's you a challenge enjoy it. and I enjoy it. I'm not doing it for cloud or anything. I do it because I personally, it, it's a challenge that I want to take on. Like, yes. I like big challenges. I think you, I think you would be great at it, Fabian, because when, when you're acting, it's very hard to extract your actual being from the character that's given, but you also want to relate to that character. Hmm. That's and in the moment, it's okay. To, it's always okay to mess up. But when you are another character, it's completely, you're just not that person anymore. Like when I'm acting, say, like in the recent production I did, and I played the role as Patricia in a Sherwood Players production, I was no longer Liddy, Liddy Morinigo, Morangino. Morangino. <laughs> the pizza. But I was Patricia. And what her role was is she. Um, her her birth father left a long time ago, right? And she had the goal to find him. So that brought me back to my situation of I'm going to find my birth mom. So I was able to relate, mm. but that's not her character. She had an animosity towards her father because he was not, and he clearly not cognizant of the repercussions of his actions of leaving the mom and the daughter. So what happens is Patricia goes out to find her father and he's this big shot photographer in LA, but she's so messed up in the head and twisted that she seduces her father. And right when he's seduced, she's like, I'm your daughter. Fuck you. And that's what my role was. And so it was very, it's not me. Like that's, I'm very close with my father. He helps me study lines all the time, but it's just that, you know, part where I could relate to the character, but I'm no longer Lydia and Patricia. So it's that pull into the challenge that you're talking yeah. about. It really inspires me because I feel like we have our own character. Like if someone were to play Liddy, how would they, how would they mm-hmm. act? Like, like weird, but then who would play Fabian? But that character still had like that person that plays you is their own person. So it's really interesting. It's that's, very, that's, very challenging. That's a very deep thing you're talking about. And I'm thinking about it super deep now because people always think about, they have flashing thoughts of doing something or acting a certain way. Like, oh, like if only I could be cool like that guy or like, or if I could be a bitch to this person or if I can do, but in acting, you're able to act that out. And I feel like if you did that, like, let's say for instance, you know, I'm, I'm here, uh, I'm by myself at home and, and I'm thinking, you know, I wish I could be, I don't know, let's just say like super aggressive and mean to everyone. I would never actually act that out because that's not me. 
But as an actor, you're able to do that and yeah. vocalize it and act oh, like yeah. that. So that's a really interesting thing that most times people don't get to, to experience. Does it change you at all? Or do you even feel scared sometimes when you're acting like, like different characters? Because you're like, wow, this is not me. And does, you know what I mean? Is there like a point where you're like, all right, don't get carried away? Because I know actors do that. Like uh, the guy who played the Joker and uh, Edward Norton, I know he went around acting like he was. Sometimes, uh, sometimes um, you have to be able to control certain things, but know when it's okay to be out of control because that's the character, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's why it takes practice. Um, and almost like working out, you want to, if acting were a muscle, you would want to work on it. And then I assume if it's a really big production that you want to get really deep into the role so you can do an extra good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that's why some actors go crazy or they just get super weird because they're always this other person? For me, when I have a role, this is a secret that may help anyone who's interested in acting. I will study the lines um, and then I also will record the lines with um, another voiceover or actor and like listen to it as I drive in my car until it's in my mind but then I also will write down what I'm saying like the script I'll write my lines separately in a notebook because then when I'm writing them myself I'm understanding how I'm feeling and then how the character should be feeling Hmm. so it's it's a process you're exercising your craft yeah you know because hard work beats talent and talent doesn't work hard that's a very good line. Do you practice in the mirror? Do you look look in the mirror and practice face faces or just I don't know? Um, to... I mean, all the time. Really? <laughs> like, it, like goofy faces. Oh hmm. yeah. Um, but and I'll just be me. I I'm always practicing my craft. Yeah. Like during the uh, entire pandemic, yeah. um, when when I was married, uh, my ex husband and I we created our own YouTube channel. And so every day we're filming, every day we're at Kilo Club Las Vegas, Nevada, um, filming and like producing our, and working on our craft and we did fitness comedy. And it's just, I feel like if it's in, if it's a passion that drives you, you need to do it. You have to go because you don't wanna be in your bed when you're 70 and be like, what if I tried? Yeah, that's the biggest regret I think. What if I tried? And what if you try and you fail? I've failed several times, but you know, when I land it, I land it. Yeah. I, I think that's a that's a very good important lesson for life. It's just do it. And I've I've been the same way. I mean, my my path of life has not has been anything but normal. It started out normal and I just I cast that off. I, I casted it off. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna go out on a limb, move to Hollywood where I was barely making enough money to survive. You know, I left a big mortgage job in Orange County and Traveled all around the world, backpacked, lived everywhere, biked across the country, broke my leg, got a loss in a volcano, almost died. Like, oh gosh, you know, yeah. a, a lot of stuff. But I mean, I did it. And I feel like the worst, the the worse the situation is, the better a story it makes later on in life. And those are the stories that you consistently tell forever. Oh, yes. This, I, I, I agree. I very much agree. But, and, and then you laugh about it. Like, oh, my yeah, I almost died in this volcano. I was lost for three days and nights, no food or water, broke my leg. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, but back then you're like... I'm going to die. Like, I'm, right. I'm not getting out of here. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that happened in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm glad you're okay, by the way. Like, Me too. that story must be fire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's so fire. I even wrote Apple, uh, Martin, anyway. That's a long story. 
Well, when I was in Vegas, so I'm so I'm I like adrenaline rushes. So and sometimes I chase after them, which is not always the best deal. But we're in Las Vegas, Nevada at um, Lake Mead. And I Mm. dared people to jump off the top of the yacht because why not? Hmm. You know, little did we know we were jumping into a whirlpool. And See, if you look up the depths, yeah, water the depths in me. Lake Mead are, I didn't know it was one of the national parks that has the highest death rate. Yeah. So I, I read a story. Drowned. They just yeah. found people dead, I think yesterday Yep. in Lake Mead. Yep. Yep. And I remember just looking up at the sky and like praying to God. I was like, please don't take me this way. And I was like, not today. And like three of my friends and I made it out safe, but wow. it was intense. So I hear you. No. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, I don't know what it's like to be the volcano, but Damn. I, I'll tell you what, I'm more scared of something like that happening to me than what happened to me because the way I look at it is, is this. In water, I can't grab anything to help me. Yeah. I can't, no matter how strong you are, you're, it doesn't matter. Now, if there's a tiger is going to attack me, okay, let's go. If you get me, you get me. At least I can defend myself. I'll grab a stick, use my hands, try to poke around, anything. If I'm lost, okay, I can use my intelligence to try to get me out of that situation. But if you're in water, it's just you and chaos and nature. There's nothing you can really do. Yeah. And yeah. it's, that's scary. And to me. even being fit, and like I worked for Fitness by the Sea in the ocean, and I was like, you know, some this is like this is a lake, bro. Like I grew up by a lake, like I'll be fine. No, it, yeah. it, even though I'm fit, it was just exhausting. Yeah, absolutely exhausting. Even my guy friend who's six foot two, it and he's very fit. It was scary for all three of us. Well, well not only and my friend, not only that, part of my interruption, but she did deep sea diving mm. like in caves and stuff and all three of us were drowning. Yeah. Like we were literally like treading water and like looking up at the sky and like the boat kept getting further and further in way. It was so And that's why crazy. I don't mess with water. I'll, I'll do anything crazy it when was, it comes to it water. It was so strong that it lifted the anchor from the boat and that's why the boat was moving away. Wow. Yeah. Intense. Yeah, no, that's scary. And not only the, the the physical act, but also thinking you're going to die. If someone hasn't experienced that, that you, you can't replicate oh that anywhere. Yeah. You cannot replicate that. And then you have adrenaline rushes and adrenaline dumps. And then you just feel exhausted and you're not sure what's happening. And yeah. It's like panic. It really is. And, and, and your adrenaline can only last so long before it, you get adrenaline dumps. But you're still in the situation. So what do you do? You know? <laughs> yeah. What do you do? <laughs> He can just keep doing as much as he can and hope and literally hope for the best. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. That's a scary situation. But we're alive. We are alive. And now we're here doing this podcast. Yep. Uh Lady Morangino. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. <laughs> Appreciate your time. I've had a, a incredible time uh having you on and talking about a range of different subjects. Uh where can people find you at? Um at Liddy Morinigo on Instagram and TikTok. Oh, you're a TikToker. Uh, well, I mean, I just have comments. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're on TikTok. Yeah. So am I now as of yesterday. Yes. Yes. I, I've I've made the jump. All right. And I mean, honestly, I'm liking it. And I definitely think you should get into acting and take that leap of, leap of faith. Yeah, I think I'll do that. But I'll give you guys something wrong real if you want to hear my witch laugh. Absolutely. Okay, so it takes one second to change characters. So I'm now Liddy. Uh, I'm kind of scared, to be honest with you. Hold on a second. This is kind of no. I I swear this is kind of it's kind of loud, but no, no, no. Yeah, okay. I just, I've never seen someone switch character like this. So, so I'm gonna go from Liddy to the Wicked Witch in the West in one second. Okay, ready? I'll get you, my putty and your little dog too. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening. Till next time, we will see you later.